Welcome to the podcast stream for the sermons from Orchard Hill Church. We are so thrilled that you found us. If you have questions about our church or want to support us financially, head over to our website, ohohio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy. Before we read the Lord's Word each week, we have a simple prayer that we say that helps to open our hearts and our minds to what he has for us today. And I'd like you to join me in that prayer, then the bold that's on the screen. We welcome you to speak, Lord. Only you have the words of life. And the life he offers us today comes from 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 10. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city, for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry of the room of the Lord's temple. Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For many from Israel had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord his God was with them. The people gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the 15th year of Asa's reign. This is the word of God for the people of God. You can go ahead and be seated. So for a lot of people, Lent tends to be a season full of traditions that were inherited from their parents or their grandparents and usually involves giving something up for 40 days. But even though that is a rich tradition for them, we often don't have much understanding beyond that. I've heard of people who give up chocolate or TV or they make promises to pray more or go to church every Sunday, but beyond that, we don't know why Lent matters. And I hope today that our understanding will increase and our, uh, we will engage in this season more intentionally as we go forward into Lent this year. So I'd like to start by telling you a little story about my grandma and grandpa doll who didn't practice Lent or follow Jesus. <laughs> but still, I think they'll help us make a connection today. So my grandparents, they had a deep love for gardening. 
And as a kid, I remember every winter, my grandfather would set up rows upon rows of these little pots in his basement under grow lights. He was dreaming about the spring. And he would sometimes allow me to push little seeds down into those pots. And I was always fascinated when I got to watch those sprout and then grow throughout the wintertime. When the ground finally thawed, he and my grandma would spend most of their time outside. There was a lot of work to do once the ground thawed. They had to remove dead plants and debris from the previous year. They had to turn the soil over and fertilize it. Everything had to be prepared so that the garden that he had been dreaming about all winter could become a reality. So Lent, like the thaw between winter and spring, is a time of preparation. It's a season when we're all invited to prepare the soil of our lives for growth. I'm often asked why we celebrate Lent here at Orchard Hill. It's assumed to be a practice that belongs to Catholics or other Christians who are not us. And I actually asked the same question several years ago when I had visited my first Ash Wednesday service. Um, I got to talking with the pastors afterwards, and I took the opportunity to ask them why a non-Catholic church was practicing Ash Wednesday. So they explained that Lent is one of the most ancient Christian practices. The early church, which was united as one body, observed Lent even before Christmas was a holiday. When the church split 500 years ago, the Roman Catholic Church remained very traditional, observing old practices, while the Protestants stepped away from those practices and began experimenting with following Christ in new ways. So although practicing Lent may not be common in the Protestant Church, that doesn't mean that the richness of the practice isn't ours to experience. The pastors explained it like this. If a family created traditions together, traditions that were good and meaningful to their family, and then the parents divorced, the traditions aren't divided between the parents. It's not as though the traditions that were enjoyed by the family as a whole couldn't continue to be enjoyed by everyone. Both parents can carry those traditions on and enjoy them fully. So Lent and the traditions associated with it are something that we believe here at Orchard Hill Church is something that we should intentionally practice because it's a way of deepening our following of Christ and becoming more like him. So for those who are unfamiliar with Lent, it is a 40-day period of time that begins on Ash Wednesday, which is this coming Wednesday, and lasts through Easter. However, if you were to pull out a calendar right now and count the days between Wednesday and Easter, there would not be 40 days. There's actually more than 40 days between those times, and that's because Sundays are not included in the 40 days. Sundays are for Sabbath. They are a day of great importance and rejoicing, and so we feast on Sundays, which is really good news if you give up chocolate for Lent, 
because on Sunday, you can treat yourself to a little bit of chocolate joy. <laughs> Lent is a time when we are called to take inventory of our lives, to commune more intimately with God and clear out all of those things that distract us from our commitment to him. It's a season of preparing for spiritual growth as we seek him. So to help us better understand what this looks like, we're looking at this story of a man who is not clearing a garden for growth, but clearing an entire kingdom. Asa was the king of Judah at the time when most of the nation had abandoned God. So 2 Chronicles 15 is the story of how Asa and his entire kingdom sought God and made room in their lives for growth. The story begins with a prophet named Azariah coming to the king with a message. And over and over, Azariah's message in verses 1 through 4 is the same. It says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people from Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you for a long time. Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. Azariah says, seek the Lord. Seek him and you will find him. His message is not a casual recommendation to the king. He's urgently asking him to take action in seeking God. Azariah's message is not wander through your life, Asa, and perhaps one day you might stumble upon the Lord. He's challenging Asa to be intentional with his life and with his kingdom in seeking Christ. In the New Testament, people who are followers of Christ are called disciples. Interestingly, the word disciple has the same root as the word discipline. A discipline is always intentional, never accidental. We don't learn the discipline of algebra by accident, just like we don't learn the discipline of music without intention. The same is true of being a disciple of Jesus. There has to be intention. There has to be a decision, a focus of our will to seek Christ. For many of us, we can forget this in the day-to-day -day hustle of the world. Uh, it's easy to become passive in our seeking God. But Lent is a time for all of us, for those who have known Christ for many, many years, and for those who have yet to encounter him. It's a time to clarify and affirm our intention, diligence, and discipline to seek him. So in the winter, while my grandpa doll watered all of those plants in his basement, he was always thinking about the spring. He was planning his garden in his mind, and that garden supplied our family with more than enough food because his garden was a product of 
intention. In the same way, we don't grow spiritually by accident. We don't stumble upon a deep relationship with Christ. Azariah's message to Asa and to us is a challenge to be intentional in our seeking, to not expect a deep relationship with Christ to just happen. We need to seek him with discipline and focus. And there's more. Azariah says, whenever you seek him, you will find him. This is a fascinating statement because the language chosen here is very much on purpose. In fact, it's better translated like this. If you seek the Lord, he will let you find him. The difference is subtle but important. Azariah is saying that God wants to be found. All three of my kids loved to play hide-and-seek. I know many of you probably, I'm looking at you, um, play hide-and-seek all the time with your grandkids and your little kids, and they don't always understand the object of the game, do they? Uh, they would love making us close our eyes, but after that, the game never really looked like it was supposed to. Often, they would hide in the same place they always hid, or they would hide in the place that I had just hidden, so when I opened my eyes, there wasn't a need for much seeking. I always knew right where they were, but I played along, looking in all the wrong places and avoiding where they were actually hiding, but usually the moment that I looked elsewhere, they would pop up, giggling uncontrollably, and then they would yell, I'm right here! We tried our hardest to teach the kids about how fun seeking is, but for, for kids, the fun part is being found. And God wants us to seek him. But like little kids, he understands that the real joy is not in the seeking, it's actually in the finding, and he wants to be found. Following Jesus isn't meant to be an impossible hunt for an elusive God that requires enormous faith. A life of following Christ is the exact opposite. It's a simple walk to a welcoming God that requires childlike faith. In, in a hide-and-seek game with the, the Lord, I think we would be like, okay, one, two, three, ready or not, here I come, and then he would be like, here I am. <laughs> Our goal during this season of Lent should be to intentionally seek the God who passionately wants to be found. In verse 8, after receiving Azariah's message, we get instruction for seeking. It says, when Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in the front of the entry room of the Lord's temple. Asa interpreted these instructions two ways, and we need to pay attention. First, he understood that he had to remove obstacles that were preventing him from finding 
the Lord. So Asa eliminated all the idols from the land, all the other gods and shrines and temples that were competing with God for the people's attention. So if you recall, several months ago, we talked about the fact that during this time, it was very common for people to worship other gods. If they needed rain, they would worship the god of rain. If they wanted babies, they would worship the god of fertility. So Asa was taking a very bold step here in demanding that all of these gods and idols be removed from the land in order for all worship to be for the one and only true God. Asa was cleaning out his kingdom to make space for God. This was his way of preparing the garden, removing the dead plants, the weeds, debris for new growth. And seeking God means making room in our lives for him, cleaning out the garden, removing the idols and false gods of our kingdom. In a very real sense, our lives are like these tiny little kingdoms, and sometimes our kingdoms need a thorough cleaning. They become cluttered with worldly things like idols and false gods that occupy God's proper place. Lent is a time to ask yourself, what do you, need, what do you spend your time or energy on that keeps you from seeking and finding God? The season of Lent is about walking through the hills and valleys of our kingdom and tearing down the idols that we find. Maybe it's a schedule so full there's no time for prayer, or a heart preoccupied with material things, or a self-serving career that has stopped you from serving others. Lent is a time to clean out the debris in our lives to make room for new growth. Traditionally, people have done this through fasting. They release something from their lives that has had a hold on them. Sometimes it's a food or a possession or an activity. And the purpose of giving up something is the decision you make to turn from sin and to instead turn toward God. I have friends who are fasting from social media during Lent because it has a hold on their emotions or their time that keeps them from seeking God and being in his presence. Some choose to avoid a bad habit or to focus on their health. Some identify an area where they need to relinquish lordship to God, to hand something that they cover, covet over to him with faith and trust. The point is to fast from something that has kept you from seeking God, something that will make way or make room in your life for that seeking to become a priority through this season and then continue once it's over. Another opportunity in fasting is to do it as a community, and we will actually have an opportunity to fast from eating once a week all together during the Lenten season. Every Wednesday, we will replace our hunger for food with our hunger for God. The feeling of hunger places our bodies into a state of wanting or needing something that we don't have. And so it awakens us to our desire for God. 
when we fast from something, whether it be from food or something else that has a hold on our life, we become uncomfortable. That discomfort makes us more aware of our desire to seek and know the one who provides. You may need to experiment a little bit if you try this fasting. Um, I encourage you to do that. For example, if giving up food for a certain amount of time um, isn't good for your family, doesn't fit your family rhythms, then I uh, ask you to tweak it a little bit for your family. Make it work. But the point here is to tweak it in a way that allows that feeling of hunger. You have to have that uncomfortable feeling that awakens the desire for God. There's a second thing that Asa did to seek God. He not only removed the idols in his kingdom, but he also repaired the altar to the Lord, which was in front of the temple. And of course, the temple during this time was where you went to worship God. It's where people went to encounter him. By rebuilding this altar, Asa was putting back in place a significant means for connecting with the Lord. So seeking God is not just about removing things from our kingdom. It's also about building things up, putting things in place that will help us connect with the one that we're seeking. We need to subtract some things so that we can add others. We need to clear out the debris so that we can plant new seeds. Both are essential for growth. So during this season, we have several resources available to help us seek God together through uh, scripture as we learn Jesus, through prayer and generosity in hopes to soften our hearts for those that don't know him, and gatherings to experience the season in a very thoughtful way. And I will walk through all of those resources later in service. But first, there's one more discipline I want to draw your attention to. The discipline of coming together. In verse 9, we see that all the people gathered. It says, Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For many from Israel moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They all gathered in Jerusalem to express their intention together to seek the Lord. I think something powerful happens when we gather. We see that we are part of something beyond ourselves, that we are connected to others who are on the same journey in seeking him. We're less likely to give up, less likely to turn around, because others beside us are striving towards the same goal. God has intended us to be in community with each other, together seeking him. So rather than simply making a private, personal resolution during Lent, we can gather to resolve to seek together and find through the strength of community the ability to actually do it. We have several opportunities to gather during the Lenten season to intentionally seek Jesus together beyond just Sunday mornings like Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday coming up, Good Friday. We have a new gathering coming called Tables, and within the many groups 
offered here at Orchard Hill. Seeking God together is so good and so necessary because it's never a one-and-done scenario. Seeking God means removing obstacles, building altars, and finding him, which in turn gives us courage to remove more obstacles, build new altars, and discover God in an even deeper way. Some have described following Jesus like being a winding staircase. It repeats its cycle over and over again, but with each cycle, we experience newness of God's grace and become more and more like him. We need to remember this during Lent. We need to see that the cycle of seeking and finding continues well beyond these 40 days. In the spring, when my grandparents prepared their garden, they cleared the debris, fertilized the soil, they put their seedling plants in the ground, but there was more work to be done throughout the rest of the year. Their effort didn't end once summer began. Weeds still needed pulled, and those darn green beans needed to be snapped. I learned a lot about that. The spring is set aside especially for preparation and diligence, and that diligence can determine how the rest of the year goes. It's setting us up for seeking God well into the future. It's the same with Lent. As we set aside this season to seek the Lord, what we'll discover is how amazing the journey becomes as we find him. Because when we find him, he transforms us to be more like him. He gives us peace and wisdom, his goodness and faithfulness. He saves us. He takes our failure and turns it into growth. He takes our anxiety and gives us peace beyond our expectations. As we turn from sin and the distractions of the world, he meets us right where we are and gives us new life. So beautiful. I want to invite our band up as we're going to enter into a time of reflection. This season of Lent, the decision is ours to make. We have this opportunity to be intentional in this season, to turn away from sin and temptation and to turn toward him but it's something we have to do with intention. If we truly want to find the God who desperately wants to be found, we have a part in the seeking. In a moment, we're going to come to the table together, but I want to both encourage you and challenge you to ask yourself, how do you need to seek the Lord? What needs to be cleared away in order to make room for growth? Maybe there's no real answer to either of those questions other than him. Maybe you just need more of him. So how do you plan to make room for him this Lenten season?